0: Today on Sales is King. Many of us in a recent poll I conducted say that the number one sales challenge they have is prospects going dark. We're going to discuss the top seven reasons why buyers reject sellers now on Sales is King. One, one, two. Check me out right here, yo yo the sun don't shine forever but as long as it's here then we might as well shine together oh, better is. now than never the business right before pleasure business. p diddy and the fam who you know do it better yeah. hey everybody welcome back to sales as king dan sixsmith with you hope everything's going well hope you're moving things forward and uh hope your business is thriving or at least improving and you guys are withstanding this very challenging economic time that we have Um, so let's talk about today let's get right into it Um, the topic is why prospects go dark and I just did a poll on LinkedIn it's not complete yet but so far the number one challenge is prospects going dark and. If you're having an issue with this, you're not alone, because according to a Forrester study from, um, it's not, it's fairly recent, I think it's from a couple of years ago, but it says that only 17% of sellers actually get a second meeting with a prospect. And I've said this many times before in some of our other episodes, only 17% less than two out of 10 of us get a second meeting with a prospect. So today we're gonna dive into why is this? What's going on? Why are prospects going dark? Are they just making it difficult on you? Are they just too busy? Well, in actuality, we're gonna dive into some research, um, recent research It discusses, it's a study from the USC School of Business, and it's a study of a 100, actually 700 to 1,000, I believe, B2B buying executives discussing why, and you'll hear some sprinkler in the background, I'm just walking around outside, Uh, as I've told some of you, I've kind of migrated from a podcast studio to just kind of getting out here and uh, talking off the cuff And anyway, so um, a study as to why B2B buying executives are rejecting sellers. And if we dig into this, we're going to find what's going on today. And then we'll talk about what we need to do to turn this around for ourselves. So there's seven, the top seven reasons why B2B buyers are rejecting sales. Reason number one, lack of trust. They don't trust us. Trust is the number one reason why B2B buyers are rejecting sellers. So let's think about this now when we go into our initial meetings with prospects. How do we get the buyers to trust us? Well, we've talked about this many times, we have to have a focus on the buyer, right? And their issues and challenges. We have to have done the research, we have to get in the meeting, knowing everything we need to know that's available online about this customer prospects business, his challenges, his issues, the company's issues and challenges, what's going on with with them, What's going on in the industry? And I'll move away from this. Um, what's going on in the industry? Perhaps what's going on with their competitors? Um, you need to have a subject matter expertise in not only your product, but what's going on with that prospect, going in and asking them questions. And we've been talking about this in the last few episodes that demonstrate that you have done your homework and that you're there to help. That will start to foster some trust. Um, And that trust needs to continue throughout the buying process after you leave the meeting, uh, how you follow up, the way you conduct yourself, the buying experience that you deliver. Remember, this is an experience, right? It's an experience just like you walk into a hotel, or you walk into a store, right? Um, or you buy something online. It's an experience. How are you making that buyer feel? If you're out for yourself, it's gonna be very apparent. If you're there to quote unquote sell something, if you can't wait to talk about what you do, and you just kind of, you know, race through the questions or, not seem to care about the prospect's issues, that's going to be very apparent. So number one, and think about it, how do we build trust? Uh, Now I've got a car I've got to deal with here. Um, How do we build trust, number one? Number one reason why buyers are rejecting salespeople. Secondly, the second reason why buyers are going dark and not getting back to you they say that the seller did not understand my business. The seller did not understand my business. So guys, it is unacceptable to walk into a meeting with a prospect not doing the research, not understanding their business. You can't go in and do a generic presentation. You have to tailor it to the prospect's industry their challenges, their issues, as far as you could see through your research. You also have to understand their business. What's the business model, right? How do they make money? How are they doing today? Who do they sell to? Um, What's going on in that market? Are there risks, are there challenges, uh, threats to their business? Uh, Is it a new business? Is it a new solution, right? Things of this nature. Um, what are their competitors doing, right? Um, All of these things you need to know. So you have to demonstrate that you understand their business is the number two reason. So all the more reason why research is critical um, and homework is paramount to demonstrating that you understand the buyer's business. So think about that on your next call, on your next Zoom. Um, Do I understand their business before I turn on that Zoom meeting? Excellent. Number three reason why buyers reject sellers is the seller did not articulate what's in it for me being the buyer. The seller did not effectively articulate what's in it for the buyer. So, we've talked about value many, many times on this podcast. You have to demonstrate value, but you have to demonstrate what's in it for the buyer. A couple of episodes ago, we talked about the so what. Many buyers, according to the numbers, 83% of them, are saying so what? Hanging up and you'll never see them again because you didn't demonstrate value, you didn't demonstrate the so what, you didn't show them what's in it for them. You didn't create buyer urgency. You didn't show them the risk of the status quo. That's why they're saying so what? And that's the number three reason why they're rejecting you. You didn't show them what's in it for them. So before you ever get on a Zoom call, and you're getting your notes together and your, your, your presentation together, take a step back and say what is in it for the buyer? What am I gonna be doing for them? Am I personalizing it to them? Am I going to ask the right questions to make sure that I can uncover an issue, an initiative, a challenge, and then demonstrate how my solution can solve their problem? Because as Keenan says, no problem, no sale. Just going in and blathering about benefits randomly uh, is not showing value. And is not showing the buyer what's in it for them. What they're saying here, what the buyers are saying is, I want a personalized demonstration, a personalized conversation that shows me that you understand my business and you're going to show me excuse me what's in it for me I don't want to see a demo of how it works and all the bells and whistles what's in it for me why should I care about this how much money will I make will this help me achieve my goals will this help me get promoted will this help me um, achieve some of the strategic pillars that I'm working on right will this help me reduce risks in my business Will this help me save money? Big time now in COVID. How will you help me save money? So think about that as reason number three. Reason number four, why buyers reject sales reps is they come across as too self-focused. Are you coming across as too self-focused? Now listen, of course, we're all in this to sell, to make money, to support our families, of course. Of course. And yes, we have to think about ourselves, certainly. No one else is going to think about us but us. Right? We're in charge of succeeding. We're in charge. We're the CEO of us incorporated. Right? Of you incorporated. However, when you get into a sales environment, you have to be all about helping. About solving. About brainstorming about talking about the customer, the prospect issues, making it about them. It's not about you. If you can make it about them and fix their issue, then it'll be about you too. The more people you can help, the more money you will make. The more people you can help, the more money you will make. But you have to go in with a helper's mindset, with a problem solvers mindset, with a creative idea, strategic thinking mindset to go in and figure out how to help people. If you're a seller that's thinking about commissions, if you're thinking about sales, if you're thinking about quota, if you're thinking about your bills or your issues or your goals, no good. Make it about the buyer. And I've said this many times before. Think about conversations when you meet somebody for the first time. Right? Somebody that blathers on about themselves for 80% of the conversation, usually you walk away and say, man, you know, that person's kind of uh, self focused. They didn't really care about me. So think about that on your sales conversations. Are you asking questions, getting the prospect to talk about themselves, making them feel that you actually genuinely, authentically care about their business, their plight? their issues. If you don't, if you come across as too self-focused, it's over, says this survey. And that's why only 1.7 of us get invited back because we're too damn self-focused because we're thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about the money. We're thinking about the commission. We're thinking about our own pressures. Those need to be put aside and we need to be 100% focused on solving problems. And guess what? We may not be able to solve the problem of this particular prospect not every prospect is going to be a good fit so if we're trying to jam a solution into a prospect conversation that doesn't make sense that's going to be zero trust building that's going to be zero focused on the prospect and no sale and potentially a very angry and disenchanted prospect that may actually do you more harm than good when they start talking negatively about you, so reason number four is coming across as too self-focused. Next, reason number five, and there's seven reasons, just in case you guys are thinking, how long is this thing going to go on? How many how many things is Dan going to throw at us? But this is critical, right? You have to think about you have to think about this. Um, reason number five: hard selling one-time offers and gimmicks. Interesting. Hard selling, what do they mean by that? What's a hard sale? A hard sale to me is arm twisting. It's pushing somebody. Now listen, we have to be persistent, certainly as sellers. We have to be persuasive. We have to be convincing, yes. But we have to have got to the point where we have to set the stage. We have to do the discovery, right? We have to uncover the challenges. We have to show them the risks of standing still. We have to demonstrate that we're (coughs) experts. Um, And trying to jam a solution down someone's throat, trying to do a hard sell, uh, old school tactics, uh, that's not it. That's not going to work anymore. The buyers want to buy. We've heard this many times, and I don't know who said the quote. But buyers want to buy. They don't want to be sold to. Right? They want to come to their own conclusions. They want to be facilitated down a path. Right? They want to be facilitated down a path. Certainly, they want your subject matter expertise. And yes, we have to close the deals. And yes, we have to be persuasive and we don't just sit back and let the buyers you know hopefully they'll come back to the table no but we have to do a good job early the deals are typically won or lost in discovery early on if we do that good um initial discovery the research everything we talked about in the last couple of episodes and go back and check them out um we won't have to hard sell we won't have to try and jam something down their throats. Uh, You know, and figure out all kinds of nonsensical gimmicks and uh, different tricks to get them to buy. So think about that. Think about your sales style. Think about how these deals are going. And think about the wins, right? Think about those deals that you've won and how they've gone from the beginning through the end. And how you've connected the dots to the right decision makers Right? There's going to be others that are involved in the process. There's going to be others on your side. How are you quarterbacking? There's so much that goes into it. If you're at the end there trying to twist arms, it's not good. You haven't done, a, you haven't done the appropriate job. Just lost my uh, headphone for a minute. You haven't done the appropriate job throughout. So think about that reason number five. The gimmicks don't work. Hard selling doesn't work. And one-time offers... Do not work. Next reason number six, and I think this is a biggie: um, the seller did not understand the buyer risk in moving forward. The seller did not understand the buyer risk in moving forward, and I think today this is more prevalent than ever before. And it probably, if the survey were done, you know, in the last couple of months, it would probably pop up to number two. Or number three, so when you go into a sales call, are you thinking about the risk that the buyer is taking to spend money with you? Let's face it, and we talked about this, right, jobs are uh, in jeopardy today. Those of us who still are employed have to perform. If I'm a buyer and I make a wrong buying decision, I could be gone. And I likely may be gone. So there's tremendous risk on the buyer part today to make a decision, to make a wrong decision. So you have to have that mindset going in. But what this means is that we need to show the buyer that there is actually more risk in what they're doing today versus moving forward with you. I'll repeat that. We need to show the buyer that there's actually more risk for them in the status quo than purchasing from you. We have to turn the element of risk around to our favor, right? Because people, from a neuroscience perspective, move away from a pain before they move to a gain. We have to highlight the pain. We have to find the pain, both emotionally and rationally. There's a financial pain, certainly, We're gonna quantify the cost of the status quo, but there's also an emotional pain. What is in it for the buyer if they fail, right? What will happen to them if they fail? What will they gain if they succeed? We need to show them the probability, in addition to the cost of doing nothing, what is the probability, the likelihood that this will happen? And it's not to scare people, okay? Uh, We're not going in there to try and scare somebody. We're going in there to try and teach them something From from the challenger sale We're going to teach them something That perhaps they didn't know. We're going to uncover something Which is going to instantly make us credible and valuable Okay Um, In a recent Harvard business review article. They talked about sellers as an extension of the buyer team. Think about that. Think about striving to be so important to the buyers that you become an extension of their team. You're, you're in there helping them solve the problem because you're an expert. You know, they potentially want to hire you to be on their team to fix this problem. So, risk is going to be important because that's why they're going to reject you. I don't want to take a risk. I don't want to spend this money. But if we show them that the risk is way, way bigger to keep doing what you're doing um, and that I'm going to help you solve this issue and reduce this risk, then you're going to be in great shape. Okay. Last reason. And you're probably not going to believe this, but the last reason is that the seller did not establish a personal connection with the buyer. And you're probably saying, and I, I, I looked at this and I said, man, isn't that selling 101? But I think, you know, the more I thought about it, you know, establishing a personal connection to me does not mean, you know, which I think is still important. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, we need to learn about the buyers as people. Certainly. You know, we need to establish rapport, of course, right? We need to establish rapport and develop a good relationship, but I don't think that this is what that means. I think just establishing a personal connection means I understand what this buyer is dealing with. I've done an effective enough discovery and research that I'm going to come in and establish a connection by understanding what the buyer is dealing with. Coming back to the uh, sprinkler again, guys, sorry. But um, what are they dealing with? What are their business challenges, initiatives, priorities? And then most importantly, and I've mentioned this before, what's in it for them? What are they personally trying to achieve in their career, in their job? Why is this important? What are they tasked with trying to do? You know, that's a personal, personal business connection, right? That's making the buyer feel that you care about what they are trying to achieve. And you're going to show them that you can help them. And that not only can you help them, but you've helped dozens of others, hundreds of others, thousands of others, whatever it is. And you demonstrate that you are able to help them. So that's what I mean by a personal connection. It's not about playing golf, you know? It's not about, because I think that's kind of table stakes, right, that's been for for, for years, forever. Sellers as person, personable, right? I mean, you've gotta be able to be a personable uh, human to be interested in sales. But I think it goes one step further um, in that, It's showing that you've done homework, research, um, and you get what they're wrestling with. So guys, that's the top seven reasons why buyers reject sales, and that is why prospects go dark. Prospects go dark for those seven reasons. Let's review them again. Lack of trust. They did not understand my business. They did not articulate what's in it for me. They came across as too self-focused. They were trying to use hard selling tactics and gimmicks. They did not understand the risk I am taking to move forward. And they did not establish an effective personal connection. So let's think about this when we get on our calls this week. Let's think about these seven points let's make sure we've got all of these checked off and let's start to move those numbers from only 17 percent of us getting invited back let's move the numbers up let's start to win more let's start to focus on personal development right i spend time on the weekends reading watching videos even at night sometimes there's great there's so much stuff out there in terms of personal development, personal selling development. um, Let's improve our game. Let's win more. Let's turn this COVID time into, into a time of tremendous opportunity. Into a time where we leaped forward rather than falling backward. To a time where we improved our game. To a time where we had a crossroads in our selling game. And we chose the right path, we moved forward and we became an elite seller. Peace.